0: A ring in endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Well, everybody knows your name. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Girl. This show is like a journal. Where I talk about all the things my brain has consumed so that they do not just sit up there and slowly drive me insane. You may not have consumed some of these same things, so I feel I should warn of that fact, which is what I just did when you think about it. Last but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabris, I offer to you the following. Rate the podcast, this one, five stars in iTunes, and I will read just about anything you put in the comments. Easy peasy, Socratesy. I will now push a button that will start a series of five five five-minute timers like this. Today's Movie Monologue Sponsor is Jumanji Style Cards Against Humanity. (laughs) Movie the first, It. Not too many two-letter movies out there. Uh, This is certainly one of them. There's no denying it. Or rather, is it a made-for-TV movie? Hmm, that's a good question. I think this may have been a made-for-TV movie sort of broken up into two parts. I could be totally wrong on that one of the reasons i say that is because it is three hours and 12 minutes wrong and i also remember seeing it i think the for the first time on television oh fuck i'm an idiot i got the imdb open as i do quite often and it says tv miniseries adoy yeah so uh, i'm still counting this as a movie because fuck you of course um The other reason I decided to watch this, if you are following along, you will no doubt know that I also read the book. Hey, so uh, quite often when I read the book of a movie, I will also watch the movie because hey, why not? It's fun to compare and contrast. I will give you one guess which one is better, the book. Uh, This movie has never been well loved. Uh, uh, Probably Tim Curry's performance in it is the highlight. Um, But the story, the other actors, uh, just the whole schmozzle, let's call it, is not great. That being said, uh, I I do enjoy it. It it is sort of a perfect Sunday movie uh, if you have three hours and 12 minutes to kill to watch a long movie but uh, this will do that uh, differences between book and movie maybe we'll save that more for the movie the ending a little bit. the the, the whole what the is what the it is yeah that, that's probably where the main sort of differences because they couldn't well, well we'll talk about it when we get to the book because I got more movies to talk about including this next one the founder uh, kicking it at one hour and 55 minutes we got some long ones on this one um oh yeah the it rating i go like a solid three or four like uh, i do enjoy it but it's not great uh the founder similarly I, I i did enjoy it um and i think people would like this more than it sort of as a general sort of rule If we're going to compare the TV miniseries, It, to the movie The Founder, about the founding of McDonald's. Because, of course, we're going to compare those two. (laughs) Fucking idiot. Uh, But uh, I think maybe my hopes were too high. This, is I sort of felt, would be a perfect Sunday movie. And it is a good Sunday movie. But, uh, I don't know. I, I love Michael Keaton. Uh, it's just I feel like more needed to happen uh, and it didn't need to be this long and uh, I thought there would be ups and downs in the whole tier department perhaps that never happened eh, I, uh, rating wise I, I'll go 3 my, my desire to rewatch it is, is pretty much non-existent uh, but I did enjoy it while watching which is a 3 in my rating scale Uh, Next one is Gutterballs from 2008. It says comedy, horror, sport. Okay. This movie is fucked up. Uh, A a girl and a guy, to be fair, I suppose, uh, at one point in this gets raped by a uh, bowling pin. And it's a deranged killer in a bowling alley. Uh, the the production values are... I'm going to assume they spent about $100 on this movie. It's it's pretty bad. Uh, sometimes the voices didn't seem to match the the, the mouths of the actors. Uh, actors should be in quotes because they were pretty, pretty bad. Uh, you can, and this is what I was hoping for a movie like this, make it fun and ridiculous and... Verging closer to the funny than the horror-y gore. Uh, This one, I don't think, treaded that line very well at all. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'd go like a 1. It's really not worth a watch, I hate to say. Uh, That is very rare for me to give that low rating, so, you know, mark that on your calendars if you would do that. I don't know why you would. What am I talking about? Cop-out. Uh, this is another one I was sort of disappointed. This is, seems to be the theme of this movie monologue. Movies that I thought would be good and then was disappointed by. The Founder, Got our Balls for Sure, Cop Out. Uh, I kind of thought uh, these two together at least had potential. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, this is uh, Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Uh, Tracy Morgan, I, I feel like... Because he's so insane, the possibility of it not working is, well, a possibility. Whereas someone who's maybe a little more steadfast, uh, you're more likely to get a consistent product, let's say. That being said, he can be incredibly just uh, laugh till you cry funny. It's just you sort of take the chance of something like this where it it never really felt like it worked. Uh, It's two cops... Yeah, it's a buddy cop movie. Bruce Willis, Tracy Morgan, and that's what it is. A period. Uh, last but uh, not least, surprisingly, uh, is Zathura: Colon a space adventure. I didn't know there was a colon in that title. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this is a sort of I uh, not what would you call it? The spiritual successor to Jumanji, I guess. Uh. Two young brothers are drawn into an intergalactic adventure when their house is hurled through the depths of space by the magical board game they are playing. Oh, John Favreau directed. Interesting. Uh, Dax Shepard's in there. Who's the girl? It's someone famous. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. Uh, Yeah, she's like the older sister. Uh, yeah, this is exactly, if you saw the movie Jumanji, it's like Jumanji in space, just period, full stop. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's just, <laughs> the reason I wanted to watch this, Be just one of those things that you, it, it's sort of in the zeitgeist, I feel like, that would occasionally come up. And having never seen it, I thought, hey, why not? Uh, rating-wise, uh, three with some some cool four moments and four ideas uh, i like jumanji in this uh, this sort of idea hey why not really do what you want to do do what you want to do want to, do do do, do, do. Today's television talk sponsor is Dukats Yamic Sauce. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, going to be talking uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine Season 5. Yes, flying through it. Well, not flying, perhaps, but definitely chugging along considering that I am watching this with the misses, And although perhaps it's not her most favorite show in the entire world, which is probably Golden Girls, uh, she does and will freely admit that she likes it. She even made and god damn i laughed pretty hard at it uh a star trek joke uh last night <laughs> it was it had to do with if you're unfamiliar with star trek deep space 9 there's a race uh, a species called the Gemadar. Uh they are as a race addicted to a drug so that people can control them uh the drug is called ketracel white uh, there was, I think it was the first episode of season six, actually. So pretend this isn't season five, uh, an episode where they uh, the, the, the team of deep space nine goes to sort of a facility to blow it up so that there's no more of this drug, right? Makes sense. Good plot point. Good idea. Good tactically. All makes sense. Uh, the missus's joke was uh, it would be funny that if they got to uh, this facility um, like Walter White was there working on uh, a Ketracel White uh, my joke just a little tweak to it was to call it Ketracel Blue and I'm thinking somehow some way to turn that into a, a, a meme or as my mom once said a, a mamey <laughs> that's, not, that's not a joke either Ah, uh, old people. Okay, so, uh, yeah, season five. Uh, this is where shit really starts to get awesome. Uh, this is probably just my favorite show, period. This and Buffy, probably because I'm watching it right now, this has definitely moved into number one. And of uh, the seasons in the show, five, six, and seven, uh, just incredible television, period, Full stop. Uh, not to mention, you get the nerdiness of Star Trek, which, as you can imagine, I'm a bit of a fan of. Uh, okay, so let's look at some of the episodes. Uh, what I do for this, uh, or have done, is sort of just open the wiki, uh, see what I see. Uh, Starts off with uh, changelings infiltrating the Klingon Empire. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, imagine among the bad people that your race, that your group of races, the Federation, is fighting. uh, There exist uh, uh, peoples who can change to look exactly like other people. Uh, Changelings. This is something that's also in D&D. Um, if they can go in and get into sort of high-level positions, they can obviously fuck shit up. So, uh, our, our band, I think it's Cisco Odo, O'Brien, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had to uh, dress up like clean-ons, uh, like Full Flight, uh, uh, got the makeup, did, and everything. So that one was pretty fun. Uh, Attracted to Grilka, yeah. Uh, so we got Cork's ex-wife Cork at one time married to a cleon pretty interesting. Uh, Keiko returns for Brian disgrace Cleon oh, a lot of a lot of Cleon heavy in early season five likely because that's when Michael Dorn uh, joined the team around then. He uh, was it around then? Uh, he, if not around then, at least more store heavy, he, uh, managed to get his autograph and met. So that's cool. Google nerd Kane adventures. If you care to see that, uh, I'm wondering, is this dealers cousin Gala, uh, quark returns home to oh yeah the uh there's a couple episodes uh there's one in this season and a couple in the earlier seasons where quark who's a ferengi returns home and visits his mom who he calls moogie uh pretty much all the ferengi and specifically the moogie centric ones are the favorites uh so i like that uh some of the battles in this just incredible uh the war heating up and I love it. Period. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Pennywise Ice Cream Floats. Thank you for that. Okay, we're talking it. The book. Uh, okay, so why don't I start off with some of the differences that I remember, uh, first and foremost, is obvious that in a, geez, over a thousand-page book, uh, you're going to be able to jam in a lot more than even in a three-hour and twelve-minute miniseries. Uh, so just the depth of everything is always more. That's how books and movies work. I don't know why I'm telling you that. That's that's why the book's always better. Just because there's there's more there. Uh, you're using your brain to generate the images that you are reading, whereas in the movie sense, you're just sort of passively watching. So, it's all these things that make the book better, and this is no exception. Um, what did I give the movie? Did I give that a, a three or four? I think I did. Uh, movie, though, f- four or five in some moments. Um, it's not the greatest Stephen King book I've ever read, uh, by any means, And something sort of, I I think it may even be famously known of this book, is that the first, like, hundred plus pages, there's no reason for them to exist, really. I should mention at this point, uh, and this sort of came up with a wife of a friend of mine, that uh, this is my second attempt at reading this book. Uh, The first time I got those first hundred and some odd pages in, it sort of gave up. It just, uh, it, I, I didn't know where it was going. Uh, it, it didn't seem to connect to the story as a whole. So I stopped. Uh, then when I saw that the uh, they're going to remake the movie and uh, the clown looked really scary, uh, I decided to give it another go, as uh, I'll do from time to time. Like, <laughs> uh, I think my worst one is the book Dune. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've tried to read it three or four times now and just uh, have been unable to. Uh, I always get you know 100 plus pages in and it's just not doing it for me. Uh, so th- when I mentioned that, uh, the f- my friend's uh, fiance yeah uh, also had the same fearing uh, also had the same feeling and uh, had heard that is the case. So I, I guess this is like a known thing. Uh, so, do yourself a favor. There's probably somewhere online. If I was a professional at all, I would have done this for you or looked it up. Uh, where you can start reading this book uh, and not miss anything. Because there's definitely a spot. Okay, so then we get into the book as a whole. Let me read the Goodreads just to give you a little idea. Uh, to the children, the town was their whole worlds. To the adults, knowing better, Derry, Maine was just their hometown, a familiar well-ordered, for the most part a good place to live it was the children who saw and felt what dairy so what made dairy so horribly deference in the storm drains, in the sewers, IT, capital I capital T, lurked taking on the shape of every nightmare each one's deepest dread sometimes IT reached up seizing, tearing killing the adults, knowing better, knew nothing. Oh, that's a weird sentence. Uh, time passed and the children grew up, moved away. The horror of it was deep, buried, wrapped in forgetfulness, until they were called back once more to confront it, as it stirred and coiled in the sullen depths of their memories, reaching up again to make their past nightmares a terrible present reality. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's, uh, whoever wrote that has got some, uh, you know, good writing chop skills, I think, other than the adults knowing better knew nothing. I, I didn't care for that sentence. Take that sentence right out of there. Okay, so, uh, what this book does, and does well, is jump back and forth between the present, uh, 1985, and the past, 1958, Uh, So you've got the kids and then their adult selves dealing with this it. Um, The kids, in some regards, are actually more powerful, more able to deal with it uh, than the adults, which is kind of a cool idea. Uh, One of the differences in the sort of overall dealing with it is because in the book you could sort of more easily know what people are thinking because it'll say what they are thinking, what's going on in their minds, whereas in the movie you sort of have to show it so there's sort of great epic battles in the book that are just non-existent because seemingly it would be impossible to film Um, so that's where it loses some of its sort of edge of your seat uh, the other thing is uh, this book and movie... Well, maybe the movie more, but the book less. Uh, it, it's not really scary so much as... Like, uh, there's a lot of action. So this is, uh, I'd, like, for the book, I'd probably put it closer to an action uh, than, a, than a horror book, a horror novel, which is sort of interesting. Uh, there was scary parts at the beginning, but those sort of uh, I felt like they faded and it, and it changed into an action book. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just something that if you're picturing Stephen King's straight horror throughout, you may be disappointed by that fact. I was not. Uh I think that's all. I have to say about it. Mm. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Becky Goodhair's shop. S-H-O-P-P-E shop. Okay, so, uh, don't have a game in the game of video sense that I normally do. we uh, will be back, at least I'm planning to, next week with more Mad Max. Uh, I just didn't have time to play it over the weekend for the reason that uh, I was DMing, or dungeon mastering if you prefer, or game mastering if you also prefer, uh, my first Dungeons and Dragons session. Yes, it has happened. Uh, so, uh, I didn't have time to play video games. I was playing, uh, you know, role playing games. Running the game, rather. Uh, so, what I thought I would do is sort of talk about my first uh, DMing experience and uh, how it went. Uh, first and foremost, should say right off the bat, m- my sort of initial thought of how it went is I think good. Uh, seemingly everyone had a good time. Uh, people said they have a good time. Uh, then there's the portion of my brain that if you are a long time listener, if such a thing exists, knows, uh, has in the, in the back that's sort of gnawing, was it good? I think it was good. I don't know if it was good. That sort of, uh, brain thing, let's call it, uh, what I did And I didn't want to talk about this until we had actually played. Uh, Story-wise is I've taken... I guess I can't really get into that in case they listen to it, although I don't think they will. Maybe they will. Uh, Like, I started the story with a sort of very basic Dungeons & Dragons scenario uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I had never done it, so I wanted to start simple. Um, some of the players had played before uh, one had not and even of the players who had played had never played the sort of game I am running I'm doing sort of a cross between Dungeons and Dragons uh, 3.5 and 5e there's things in 3.5 that I enjoyed because that's what I played for the first time that I played and then 5 is just sort of easier for a novice like myself and uh, the literature available for both is huge whereas if you pick just one you have to sort of limit yourself Uh, So this is what what you would call a homebrew. Very, very much so on many scales. Uh, The scale of uh, the system I'm using, the scale of the story that I've chosen and made up from the sort of ground up, uh, the scale of even some of the bad guys and and a lot of the loot. And just like I have spent probably close to... Jeez, I don't know if it's been a year yet, but I've spent a long time planning... Uh, building a database that I use. Uh, Just in terms of how I actually physically play, uh, I'll have a laptop that's hooked up to my television screen so that I can throw up sort of visuals of what the bad guys look like because I don't have uh, miniatures. Uh, Also, playing from the television is sort of ambience music or like dungeon sounds, quote-unquote. And then I'll have sort of uh, other sort of ambient things like that. Uh, then on the table in front of us, I'll have maps. Uh, my maps are not great in terms of size, I should say. For that reason, miniatures wouldn't work. Uh, what I have done is I have a little mini uh, ch- uh, magnetic chess pieces. So uh, all my maps are basically on 85 by 11 printed from resources online Um, and then we could sort of use them just kind of sort of kind of sort of theater of the mind mixed with a little bit of a, a map just so you can like some people don't use maps at all and I think I could get away with that but I also like the idea of people being able to look down and sort of see where they are within uh, the dungeon as a whole if not necessarily in a room uh if we need to be more specific in a room i can always draw it uh, and, and we did do that for like a boss battle um but uh overall i think it was well uh the, the we we have all planned to play again so uh so that's something uh, anyways, w- what I was saying before is uh, the sort of typical start I did, and it is very cliche, and I will fully admit it's a cliche, and I also sort of stress that uh, not necessarily anything wrong with cliches if they are for a reason, uh, if they have become cliche because they're a good idea, and that is I started my game in a... Uh, in a dun- in a in a fantasy tavern. So uh, we've got four players. Uh, they find themselves sitting at a uh, uh, sitting at a table. Oh, one thing uh, I said, and uh, the person taking notes. I don't know if he noticed. So this might be interesting later. Uh, I I said that written on the uh, on the table in wine in front of them. Someone had written "Don't forget." Uh, so that'll be like a little Easter egg much, much, much later. That's, mm, we'll see. We will see. I, I, anyways, I'm, I'm excited, I, I guess, is the, the, the main sort of takeaway. Excitement for DMing. Today's internet Interdoor sponsor is TPOEWF, which is, of course, This Plane of Existence Wrestling Federation. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first Fights and Tights, oh boy, Fights and Tights, colon, House of Pain. That's H A U S because we are, of course, talking Fun House. As I have spoken of innumerable times on this podcast because they are my favorite YouTube channel. So when I talk of things from the internet, my favorite YouTube channel will come up fairly often. Uh, This one was a little different, uh, which is why I wanted to bring it back uh, from their normal sort of vids. Uh, What it was is uh, uh, Lawrence and James... Two of the Funhouse team, uh, James in particular, are wrestling fans. So, because of their, I guess, internet fame, they were able to sort of get hooked up with some actual, real, professional wrestlers um they took advantage of that and rightly goddamn so uh one of the things of internet fame is potentially it can make you money but that is not a guarantee uh you can use that sort of let's just call it internet fame again uh to get other things though and uh some of those other things might be uh, being able to meet people doing things that you like like professional wrestling and get involved with them and uh, learn from them and have them be on your channel and uh, all sort of roll it together in a cool little internety uh, symbiosis let's call it uh i enjoyed the video I'm not a uh, wrestling fan per se i uh, did watch it when i was a kid did see hulk hogan wrestle live when i was a kid so uh that's something i suppose i could brag about i guess uh so recommend you go over to house and check out all their videos but uh if that appeals to you check out that one in particular why not okay moving on to funnier or die haven't brought this back in a while uh they have something uh every once in a while they have like a cool little series pop up uh this one is overly excited tourist <laughs> uh yeah this guy's funny uh, he. Well, the description is definitely apt. Uh, let me see if I bring it up. If you'll. Yeah, probably you couldn't hear that. But he's in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, looking for lobsters and good times. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, and he visits various other places. He is uh, seemingly not smart, but in a, a, a sort of adorable, funny way. So hey, good on you, overly excited tourist guy. Uh, other haven't brought back in a while, which seems to be a theme here. Uh, Watch Mojo: Ten Things We Need in Elder Scrolls Four. Ah, shit! I just realized. This is a, a disappointing one because I read yesterday that uh, Bethesda has compir- confirmed they're not even working on the next Elder Scrolls. They got other things in the works before they even look at that. So, f- fuck. <laughs> I thought it would be that. Uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a Fallout. Uh, if it's a new IP, I hope it's Skyrim or Fallout like uh, that. That I would also not mind. Uh. But if it's just some other weird bullshit, or like Wolfenstein's fun, but uh, it's not Skyrim Fallout fun, so the 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 ten things I want is is to have it ten times. <sighs> uh, moving on to uh, Fred Stoller podcasting a all around tour, yeah, uh, th- this happens from time to time, and I uh, and I do very much love it. When it's someone like Fred Stoller, he'll have a book coming out, or someone will, and then you'll be listening to your podcast, and then seemingly every goddamn podcast you listen to, this person will appear on, because they're plugging the shit out of their whatever, their book, their movie. Uh, Norm MacDonald comes to mind last time he had a book come out every podcast he was on, and I loved it, Uh, and now it just happened with Fred Stoller, uh fred Stoller, perhaps not a name you would recognize off the top of your head but uh if you were to look at his very very impressive imdb i guarantee you would know who he is so so funny uh and, and layered he, he's he's not just a funny dude he you, you kind of see him you you may have seen his past performances and want to put him in a sort of certain comedic box But uh, I don't think that's fair, Uh, and that's the beauty of podcasts because uh, after listening to these, he's got much more depth than you may have thought. So love Fred Stoller, uh, recommend any podcast he's on, and his book sounds good, I will perhaps bring it back on a book banter. You never know. Stranger things have happened, like the television show. Uh, Last but not least, as you heard, we're out of time, so I don't have time to get into the Comedy Bang Bang Australian tour, but it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Folks, that leaves one final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean But You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and, babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met, wait till you see that sunshine day, you ain't seen nothing yet, the best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine, the best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.